about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Amen. So today, let me encourage you. I want to encourage you. No shouting, no screaming. It's my wedding anniversary, so I'm going to be really nice to everyone online right now. So if you have a friend who is afraid of my shouting and screaming at them, call them. Say, Pastor, stay uh, today, hopefully. Amen. But I want to talk further on, on the conquest of faith. We started this journey last week. And the scripture that we're using is in the book of uh, James chapter 1 and verse 2 to 3. We're using the Philip Bible. Follow me with that. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptation cloud into your life. You've got to listen to the word cloud. When all kinds of trials and temptation cloud, cloud into your life. My brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as what? Friends. This is when I spoke the word what? Frenemy, frenemy. Realize that they come to test your faith, and I want you to listen to the word, and to produce in you the quality of endurance. But let the process, you've got to let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed, and you will find you have become men or women of mature character with the right sort of independence. Last week, we spoke about the different kinds of trials that we come. Uh, and, and I know that this morning, many of us are faced with different kinds of trials, which James, I termed, called frenemy. Frenemy. When I talk about frenemy, I said frenemy is a person or thing with whom one is friendly, despite a fundamental dislike or rivalry. Uh, and I said, as much as we don't want enemies, uh, trials and difficulties that can cause issues in our life, I said the truth is that some enemies are just created for our greatness. Because without them, we would never reach our potentials. So what we call our enemies are actually frenemies or what I will call friends of progress. If you run from them, I said last week, you might be running from your destiny. And then I talk about five different characteristics of the, of the frenemies. Frenemies expose, number one, your weakness. Uh, enemies tell us what we need to hear. Enemies bring out your strength. Enemies show you, show our approval before God because when you, God approves you, that's when you start to have enemies. Realize that sometimes you will never have enemies when you're poor. It's when you become rich that the enemies start to occur. That's when they start to say, why haven't you given us money? Why haven't you cared for us? They were not there when you started the journey. They were not there when you were calculating what money you should have, uh, if you can afford to eat the, 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 the Chinese rice. They, the rice. they were not there when you were eating chicken and bread, uh, chicken and bread on, your, on our honeymoon. No, no, no one was there. No, 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 one, no one participated. No one even gave you any money. Uh, there was, the, the, no one was there when we were trying to jump on a uh, a bus to go to a, a site uh, on our honeymoon because we couldn't afford the train. No one was there but, 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 but they will show up once God approves you. And you've got to be ready for that. And enemies also will make you trust in God. 
Now today, I want to go further on and I want to just add something towards this frenemy before I move into some uh, certain areas because frenemies are crises that walk into our lives. Frenemies. Frenemies are crises that walk into our life. And the above scripture, uh, through the above scripture, when we read the scripture, he says, he says, he says, he says, when all kinds of trials and temptation cloud into your lives, my brothers and sisters, he says, don't resent them uh, 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 as intruders. That means, but welcome them as friends when they cloud into your life. So, uh, th- from that, I want to give you three things that will put your mind at rest. I want you to understand these three things because he, 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 he said crises are frenemies. Crises are not intruders. But you need to understand this thing. Number one, crises are unavoidable. The first part of verse 2 says when all kinds of trouble comes into your life. He says notice he doesn't say if trouble comes into your life. He says but when they come into your life. Got to listen to that. He says, count on it. You will have trouble. And this is where some Pentecostals have just left, left online. Like pastor is saying, we'll have trouble. Uh, I thought we pray against trouble. Trouble will come. When we pray against trouble, we start to declare that trouble will not defeat us. No, that trouble is not going to come. It's an erroneous kind of prayer. Because trouble will come. But uh, James was the first person to say that trouble will come. But if you, if you think I'm, uh, 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 I'm in a different mind zone, or, or if you think that I'm cursing you out, or if you think that I haven't prayed that much, then you're going against what Jesus says. Because Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. In this world, you will have tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer. Nobody is insulated. Listen to me. Nobody is insulated against crisis. Crisis is not selective. It's inclusive. A pastor cannot avoid it. A bishop cannot avoid it. The general overseer of the general world cannot, 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 cannot avoid it. They may lie to us. Them, and we may lie to you. We may show you that our family is all good and nice and nothing is going wrong, uh, 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 wrong with us. And we may hide from people the issues we're going through. And that's the thing I don't like about, uh, uh, about, about the Pentecostals or, uh, or, or even about church generally. Because sometimes we pastors make people feel that we are up there and nothing touches us. I, I, I hope that many pastors who may be watching online may be so transparent with the congregation to be able to make them not feel guilty when they're going through stuff because when you tell them what you go through you're able to impart inside them that you're human beings and you can relate to them and you can tell them that they should be of good cheer all of us go through it because crises are unavoidable it's unavoidable you can't opt out of the things that you've got to learn and to graduate in life listen to me somebody you have to go through trouble they're inevitable number two from what we read Crises are unforeseeable. Crises are unavoidable. Crises are unforeseeable. Trouble don't warn you in advance. They, 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 they don't send a letter of warning. They don't, they don't give you a heads up that it's coming. They just show up when you least expect it. You can't predict it. You can't anticipate it. The, the word is there. It says, it says when they cloud, not when they come one by one. Sometimes they just cloud into your life. The Greek word says parapestis. It literally means to fall in unexpectedly. You didn't see it. It just came. And number three, we see it that crises are 
unavoidable, crises are unforeseeable, but crises are purposeful. There is a purpose behind your problem. James chapter 1 verse 3 says, Realize that these troubles come to produce. Circle the words produce. These words, these things come to produce. They come to produce in you. I'm saying that when you're going through trouble, like when you're going, what, like what you're going through right now, maybe with this COVID, maybe with this COVID-19, maybe with this pandemic, don't ask the question, why is this happening to me? But I want you to ask, what do you want me to learn, God, from this? Because there is always a purpose behind the problem. What do you want me to learn from this crisis? What do, whoa, 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 what do you want me to see in this crisis? And I will tell you, the devil wants to use trouble to defeat you, but God wants to use trouble to develop you. I'm going to say this again. I hope this encourages somebody. The devil wants to use trouble to defeat you, but God wants to use trouble to develop you. But I want to put your mind at rest. Everyone listen to me. Crises are unavoidable. Crises are for unforeseeable. Crises are purposeful. You are not doing anything wrong because crisis clouds into your life. It clouds into your life because God wants to produce something in you. So the question you want to ask me this morning, or want to deal with this, so how, when, I'm, when this crisis clouds my life, when these frenemies come, when I'm experiencing this difficulty, Pastor, what do I do? You, you act by faith. Faith. I'm calling it the conquest of faith. Faith that works when life doesn't. A faith that doesn't work when life doesn't is worthless, as I said last week. The goal of faith is to work. The goal of your faith is to work. Listen to me. Drop that coffee right now and listen carefully. The work, the work, the word, the power of faith, the goal of faith, the intention of faith is to work when everything else fails. Abraham's faith worked when life, Abraham's faith worked when he faced a frenemy called infertility. He also faced a frenemy. But there's something he held on to, and that was faith. He lived by faith. Look at what the Bible says, because when the Bible repeats the same thing over and over and over again, use the same term over and over again, there's something important he wants us to see. In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 17, in the book of Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, it says the same thing. What does it say? It says in the King James Version, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, he says, My soul. I didn't hear you. He says, My soul soul shall have no pleasure in him if anyone draws back and the, 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 the living bible says and those whose faith has made them good in god's sight must live by faith could you see that there's a faith that brings you to christ but there is a faith that you need to live by that makes you good in christ it says trust in him in everything otherwise if they shrink back god will have no pleasure in them it's a life of faith so the question i want to deal with over the next few weeks is how does faith help us win and conquer when everything else doesn't work when these crises that are unavoidable when these crises that are unforeseeable when these crises that are purposeful when these crises when these things cloud my life 
How do I conquer? What does faith that we keep talking about help us do? What is my faith in God? What does it help me do? Number one, and I'll finish on this one. Faith deflects fear. Faith deflects fear. That's why we say have faith. Have the faith of God. When you have faith, it deflects fear. And I want to deal with this because my first point was not fear. That was not my first point. It was yesterday afternoon that God changed the entire message. He changed the entire message. And if you're a pastor and ever been through what I've been through, uh, setting up a message, you're already sorted, you're already at rest, you're sitting down on a Saturday afternoon and you're just praying and just saying, yes, I've got my message sorted out. And then in your spirit, God is saying, that's not the message I want you to preach. And then you have to start all over again. You have no idea how difficult that is. When you now go lock yourself away. But God says, I want you to talk about faith that deflects fear. One thing we should do, not do is to live a life of fighting fear instead of fighting faith. Somebody said fear is spelled false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear is spelled. F is false. E is evidence. A is appearing and R is real. And what I want to do today is to just teach you how to deflect or in fact even how to defeat fear. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love and of a sound mind. Let me take you back to this scripture that we read. What, what, what was James doing? James is writing to a people in crisis. And the crisis that James is writing about is not a pandemic. That's not what he was writing when you read the scripture. When he was saying these things will crowd into your life. It's, it was actually persecution. When he was writing this book, when you, read, when, you, when you read the background of this book, James was talking to people who were being evicted from their homes. They were being killed for their faith by the Roman Empire. It, 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 it was a scary time to be alive and people were dying everywhere. People were being crucified. Heads were being put on a pole. And you could use your life just because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and that's why he wrote this book, the book of James, to encourage them. But we are also in a crisis right now. The world is in a crisis that, that, that let me talk about this, that began with one plague. I read this and this blessed me. Only one plague. Only one plague called COVID-19. One plague. Only one plague and the world stood still. The world government is humbled. The world powers are confused. Only one plague. And everyone is scampering for safety. All economies shut down. Schools shut down. Offices shut down. The city center, the hubs of our economy and streets are deserted even right now. I was speaking to a lady recently and she, 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 she lives and walks in the city. And she said, oh, I just go jogging. I said, how can you go jogging with all the people around? She says, there's nobody in the city. The city is shut down. They're begging people to come back to work. Only one plague. Mecca sent worshippers back. Jerusalem turned their back on tourism. 
The Vatican City closed down. Churches are shut down. Mosques are shut down. Sports are being postponed and are just coming back. And the entertainment industry is groaning mournfully. Just one plague, don't shake hands. Just one plague, don't hug each other. Just one plague, stay two meters apart. Before the plague, there were even nations that were threatening wars against each other. There were countries who were bullying countries. There were wars in Syria. There was a revolt in Iran. And, and there was crisis in Turkey. There were protests and political unrest all over the place. But the plague surfaced and quieted everything down. War ceased for the plague. Unrest stopped for the plague. The Olympics is shut down for the plague. Everybody ran into their homes. Everyone is hiding. And a, and, and, and a different kind of crisis right now as we recognize it is looming. Why did you say that, Pastor? Because there's so much fear now that a sneeze sends people into an orbit of suspicion. Each day we hear of one of a loved one or an associate that has passed away, that dies, and we're confronted with the second wave of a pandemic and an economic disaster that threatens or is about or has already taken thousands of jobs away. Yesterday, throughout the whole night, I was batting. I, I, I couldn't sleep well. I felt hot. I felt my tummy. And immediately that fear came in. It's coronavirus. It's coronavirus. It's just a bad something I ate that just didn't sit down well, well with me. But if that happened in church, everybody would start walking. In fact, 90% will go and do a COVID test just because somebody sneezed. This fear, unusually a person now has more faith in their fear than faith in their future. Let me say this to everyone who may be watching me online. Sit down and listen to this. Fear robs you of the future by its ability to paralyze the present. Let me say this again. Fear robs you of the future by its ability to rob or to paralyze the present. Job 3 verse 25 says, For the things which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come to me. When you start to entertain fear, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I want to give you five things, one by one. Let's put this up one by one. How, what fear can cause in your life. I want to just give this to you so you can recognize how this fear is an enemy that the, that the devil has produced. And you know what? The pandemic doesn't come in the process that I'm in fear. No, the devil twisted into a fear. And whenever you fear anything in your life, it does these six things. Number one, fear causes panic. That's why we read the scripture. It says don't panic. Fear causes panic and causes you to forget the God, the power of God and the ability of God to be demonstrated in your life. It causes you to panic. You make irrational decisions. Number two, fear, I hope you're writing right now, fear chips away at our intimacy with God. Sometimes we see God as having caused this. We see him as being mean to us. Fear causes, uh, chips away at our intimacy with God. By fear, we don't get close to God anymore. In fact, fear drives us away from God because when we look into the scripture, we find out that in, 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 the, in, the, in, in, the, in the book of Genesis, we see how Adam and Eve had to run away from God because of fear. Number three, fear keeps us from getting anything done. And that's why I want to encourage someone today. 
We are all consumed with this fear. Don't go out. Don't come in. Don't go to church. Don't go to, to the mall. Don't go to, to this. And, and many of us have this kind of fear that we're not even doing anything. In fact, we have the fear that maybe my job won't last this long. So maybe I should hold on a bit before I buy the property. It's fear. Maybe I can't get married. We, got, we, we had a wedding last week. They've continued. They've gone on with their life. And God was glorified and God was magnified. In fact, if you do any wedding this season, you're blessed. You know why? It's cheaper. It's cheaper. We, we, in fact, we, we, we really want to know if you're married because you love each other or you're married because of a crowd. Get on with your life. Fear makes you stop making a decision. Fear keeps people from growing. Fear keeps businesses from growing. Fear keeps churches from growing. Because we become stubborn. No, I'm going to wait. Let me see how this pans out. God is ready to set the children of Israel free from 400 years of slavery, 430 years of slavery. And yet, fear didn't allow them to enter into the promised land. And they said to Moses, leave us alone. I wish we were back in Egypt. Number four, fear eventually turns us, turns us into what I call ungodly behavior. Fear eventually turns into ungodly behavior. Because we don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way, we turn to unhealthy ways in coping. Many people, they turn to smoking, they turn to drinking, they turn to any form of addiction. Fear, Kandabohosha. Fear of actually dealing with your wife or with your spouse turns you into going into pornography, turns you into cheating. Fear of like, let's sit down and deal with this issue. Why is our intimacy no more like this? We have this fear of judgment. And because of that fear, we go into different kinds of vices. And we turn into different kinds of things that doesn't allow us to get closer to God. Fear makes us cheat. Fear makes us lie. Fear, number five, causes Health problems can cause premature death. Fear. I, it's, somebody may say this is, is, is not right, but, but, but hear me out. You're, you're battling with some kind of health. You're battling with some kind of sickness. I'm not going to go to that doctor. I'm not going to call up the because I don't want to get infected with COVID. Go there. The Lord is with you. Get some medical help. Don't, 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 don't give yourself to fear and die in your home. Go and ask for help. Pick up the phone. Call a friend. Call a doctor. The Lord is with you. Many people have died and they said many related COVID deaths. That means it's not the thing that, it's not COVID that actually has, has killed many people, but things that are related to it, maybe out of fear. Maybe they didn't want to pick up the phone. Maybe they didn't want to go to the hospital. And we've got to really say to ourselves, let's move on in the presence of the almighty God. We put fear even into our children. They're running around in the park and you're saying, no, stop, don't do this. You're, you're creating fear inside them. And that's why you can see, let me say this, forgive me, please don't shoot me. There are many people or many ethnicities, let me hide myself in there, that their children can't swim. Many of us grew up, we can't swim. Because our parents will say you will drown. Don't go near the water. Don't go near the sea. That's why many of us would never take a holiday beside the seaside. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And if that water is just coming slightly to our ankle, we're running. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know why? Because our parents put that fear in us. 
But when you look at some ethnicities that lived beside the river, fish beside the river, those guys just jump into the river. They, will, they can even catch a fish in the river without any aid. It's just about fear. We must remember, listen to me, that fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And God needs our faith in order to bring us to the manifestation we seek. Trouble will come. Trials will come. They may crowd into our life, but don't let it produce fear. Your access to greatness, your access to your next promotion, your access to your next job, your access to your next house, it depends on how you react when fear comes. Nobody conquers without going through the element of fear. The antidote to fear that faith gives us is because our response to fear can either be destructive or constructive. Many times, uh, uh, the, 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 the way we approach fear can either be constructive or destructive. Be careful. Be careful. Should I buy this property at this time? Oh, be careful. Should I change my job? Oh, if you change that job, you don't know how long you will stay in that job. It's fear. It's fear. Do you realize that if you're a manager and then you go for another job that says you are a senior vice president, even if it's six months on your CV, is senior vice president. Realize this. I've been there before. You will never go for a job that is lower than an SVP. You have stepped into it. Don't be afraid of the criteria for the job. Even those who put the criteria there don't have it. You can never go for an interview where you have all the criteria. All you can have, the only criteria you have is the faith that God is with you. They tell you to do a job and you have this fear. Maybe I'm not capable. Just do it. They've told you to give a speech. Give a speech. So how exactly, I've given you a lot of stuff today, how exactly do I produce the faith on the inside? Actually, that word produces wrong because you've already got the faith on the inside of you. How do I use faith to, com- to, to confront, to deflect fear when it comes? Let me give you three things and I'll stop. Number one, stay single-minded. Stay single-minded. Fear always comes by what we hear and what we see. But faith also comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So there are two things that are competing for your attention. The first thing is fear. The second thing is faith. And what should come first is faith that deflects or destroys fear. But both of them come through the eye gateway and the air gateway. Your ears are instruments of access. Whatever enters my ears has the opportunity to influence my mind, my heart, and my decisions. Your ears have an avenue that frames and shapes you. They are the pathway that molds your character. You've got to watch what comes into your ears and who comes around you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, it says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Another antidote to fear is to keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him, on God, not on our circumstances that is around us. 
Connitin Boom once said, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be, you will be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. Let me repeat that again. That's a blessing. If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look at yourself or look within you, you will be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. It's not what is happening to you now or what happened to you in the past that determines what you become. It is what you choose to focus on. What you focus on gets bigger. Peter lost focus on Jesus when he looked at the storm. But if you follow Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, please follow that. He says, thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind, single-minded, is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Let me encourage somebody who is getting 30, 31, 32 and you're not married. Please don't get into unruly behaviors. Stay because God says, I will make all things beautiful in its time. Don't fear. I'm going to be left alone. I'm I've got to find something. I've got to have a baby. I've got to find any man that comes. And your mom is speaking to you. Your dad is speaking to you. Your friends are getting married. You've been a chief bridesmaid for so many times. Wait. Wait. And don't fear that your life is coming apart. Because if you make a decision out of fear, you have truncated the faith of your destiny. Single-minded. Stay focused. Stop scrolling down Instagram. Stop scrolling down Facebook. Stop scrolling down TikTok. Relax. Take your talk with God. Talk to God. And then you will take in the right direction. Talk to God. Stay with God. Fear not. I know it's hard for you to believe what I'm saying. But I'm saying this because I know that God will make all things beautiful. I married at the age of 30. Everybody else married early. But we're celebrating 23 years of our marriage in peace and with the glory and the honor of God. And we keep praying and covering our marriage with the blood of Jesus. But when you wait for the right time, you get the right person for the destiny where you're going. You have not met the right person, not because you're evil, not because something is wrong with you. It's because God is preparing something for you. Because the thing that God wants to do through you, you, don't, you can't see it right now. It is for your future. And God hasn't shown it to you or you haven't seen it. That means somebody has to compliment you to take you to where you're going. Except you will marry somebody who will bring you down and destroy your lifetime because you married out of fear instead of out of faith. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you're single, rejoice. God is with you. I love you to bits, and God loves you more than I do. Stay single-minded. Be who you are. Number two, number the number the next S is start making decisions. Start making decisions. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. By faith, we make decisions. By fear, we don't stop. We stop making decisions. Decision making has a creative power. Don't fear. Listen to me. Don't fear making decisions. Worry is a sustained form of fear caused by indecision. It is fear that is at the root of all your decisions. It is the fear that will make you make a mistake. That it is fear that will make you fail. It is fear that you will embarrass yourself if you make that decision. Make the decision. Because if you don't make a decision, you have made a decision not to make a decision. Make the decision. Failure is not something that happens when you fall down. Listen to me. It is something that happens when you refuse to sit back. Sit. Stand up, sorry. And get on with it. Listen to me. I've seen many people who 
get knocked down. And although they stand up, you can tell that they have remained sitting down on the inside where it really counts. Make a decision. Oh, I bought something and it didn't work out. Make a decision. Don't fear. We've all made mistakes. Some people take a defeated, listen to me, some people take a defeated attitude into life when things get troublesome. They quit and they become engulfed in a defeatism behavior. We play the role of a hopeless victim and we are squashed by life. And we think that God has squashed our life and we think that God has caused this to happen. But the Bible says when these things cloud into our life, it is not to defeat you, but it is to test your faith. Let's go back to the first scripture. Let's go back to the first scripture. Let's let's look at that scripture again. When all kinds of trials and temptation cloud into your life, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize they have come to what? Test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. It's just to test your faith. People with a defeated attitude. People with this attitude of fear. They just roll over and surrender. They cave in. They never grow. Because they give up, they give up when things get tough. I was with my son yesterday. And we were doing some exercise and he was doing some exercise. And I said, just try one more, try one more. So he said, ah, and he got angry. And I said, my trainer says, until you get angry, you haven't yet trained. That little bit, that extra goes a long way. I walked in when my wife was about to finish her training. The trainer said, one more, do some burpees. And she was like, ah, ah, I'm about to die. He says, that extra is what makes you tough. You, the, if, you're all, if you're still at the kindergarten level of trials, you will never sit in the place of, of, of prominence. Make a decision. The biggest fear many of us have is in to make the right decision. But you know what? God is always with you. And I will call, start this message on Wednesday hearing the voice of God to make the right decisions. Make the decision. Don't fear making the decision. Get off from where you are sitting down. Go look around for properties. Go look around for the job. Get up and make it. Do that business. Now is the time to write the book. Do whatever you need to do. Make the decision. Bruv, look at me, bruv. Look, look me in that. Where's the camera? Look me. Look, look at me. Look at me. Make the decision. Marry her. You're running all over the place. You're thinking if you see that, this is not how you've been doing that for four years, bruv. Four years. Make the decision. Because if you don't make the decision, somebody else will make the decision for you. Make the decision. God will help you. Did we know we're going to be where we are right now? No. But we stepped in by faith. How do I make this decision? How do I make the decision? Let's go to the third one. It will help you. Stay in the place of rest. Stay in the place of rest. Stay in the place of rest. You will never be able to make a decision if you don't stay single-minded. And you will never be able to make a decision, start making good decisions, if you don't stay in the place of rest. What does that mean? The devil doesn't want us to be 
at rest or be at peace. That is main aim. And one of his strategy, strategies sorry, is to move us from our place of rest by instilling fear into us and suggesting that the promises made in the word of God will not come to pass. Stay in the place of rest. Listen to this. The only reason why Elimelech and Naomi moved from Bethlehem, the place of bread, Judah, the place of praise, into Moab, Moab, where the place that has been cursed is fear. How do you move from a place of praise? How do you move from a place of joy? How do you move from a place of praise into a land that God has cursed? The only way they moved was fear. It was fear. Looking at them, do I blame them? No, I'm not placing judgments on them because there was famine. There was hunger. But remember that the Bible says, and when Elimelech died and the two children died, the Bible says that Naomi heard that God has visited the children of Israel. Don't move from that place of rest. Let me say this. It may be controversial. Maybe this is your church. Don't move. Don't let the pandemic move you from your place of rest. Because I know many people are shopping. I mean, they're good. You can listen to two or three different sermons on a Sunday. And that's fantastic. It hopefully will build your life. But sometimes, God has a particular place for you. You, you want to divorce that woman. You want to divorce that man. You want to move out of the house. Don't let fear push you out. And, and listen to me. The, the key to calmness and the key to confidence and the key to crisis and the key to courage and crisis is just the faith that God has got my back. Stay in the place of rest. When, when Jesus said to Jairus, do not fear but to believe in Mark chapter 5 verse 36, Jesus' intention was to keep Jairus at rest. When Jairus was with Jesus, he was following Jesus and saying, my, my daughter is about to die. Jesus says, I'm going to come with you. So Jesus was following Jairus to his house. But in the midst of that, there was an interruption. And what was the interruption? One woman who had an issue of blood touched his garment. Jesus turned around and spent some time and said, who, who touched me? He says, no one touched you. The crowd is so much thronged against you, squeezing against you. Jesus says, I, I perceive virtue has gone out of me. Now, so, so there's a discussion going on, but the daughter is dying. And Jesus looked at the woman and says, thy faith, thy faith, that faith has made you whole. Somebody, I want to speak to someone like it as a devotion. Your faith will make you whole. But, 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 but Jairus is there. And I'm not sure if any one of you is there. You're, 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 you've gone into a place of panic. There is an emergency going on. Just imagine that an ambulance wants to pick somebody up. And then an accident occurs. And the, the ambulance is stopped. You're, 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 you're about to panic. You're in the ambulance with the person. That you're rushing down to the hospital and bam, something happens. There's an obstruction. You know how you will feel. There's an obstruction. Jesus was the ambulance going to help Jairus. And while he was still speaking to the woman, somebody tapped Jairus on the back and says, don't worry. She's gone. But they said, bother not the master. <laughs> Jesus looked at Jairus and said, Jairus, hold on. I'm going to finish with this person. But, but if you believe... If you believe, you will see the glory of God. What was, what was Jesus trying to say? Jesus was trying to say to Jairus, rest. Don't panic now. This is fear. It will hinder your faith. You trust me to follow you. Relax. 
Because the more you stay in my presence, the more you will have strength to overcome the adversity. Let me close by saying, Deuteronomy chapter 5, 31 verse 6 says, Be strong. Somebody look at me right now. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the crisis. Don't be afraid of the things that the frenemies. Don't be afraid of the things that is crowding your life. Don't be afraid of the redundancies. Don't be afraid of the sickness. Don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Don't be afraid of the cancer scare. Don't be afraid. You heard the news. You went for a biopsy and they told you that it seems that you've got cancer. Don't be afraid of them. He said, why? Because today God says, for me to tell you, for the Lord thy God, he is, he, it is, that, do, that does go before thee. You can see it's the King James Version. That's why it's tongue twisted. He says, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He is with you. Oh, I'm going through chemo, pastor. What is happening to me? He is with you. Oh, I'm going, I've just lost my job. He is with you. Oh, my children, I don't, I don't have money to send them back to. He is with you. Can I send my children back to school with all this uncertainty? He is with you. Because let me say this. A virus knows no walls. You can't be the protector except God is with us. And a thousand will fall by our side and ten thousand by our side. But God gave us a promise. He says, rest in the promise. Guys, rest in the promise. Come on, when we use our minds so much, when we use our thought process so much, we crowd out God from our lives. We start to analyze things. We start to think that we are capable of making things work. And you're not. We had a tragedy in our family. One of our uncles, great man, walking down the street, fit, on the phone speaking to someone, bam, fortunately, he just, he passed away into glory. When, the t when, when we were listening to the eulogy, that morning, Kando Bohosha, that morning he still had fellowship with a lady that they do Bible study every single morning. This lady was giving the eulogy. 6 a.m., wasn't it? 7.06, 7.06 a.m. He was still in having Bible study. And the lady says, what would you want to do with your life? What, what was the most important thing? He says over, oh, while he was speaking, he lifted up the Bible and says, I want to live this life written in this world. One hour after that, he passed away. Listen to me. If you walk by fear, you walk out of the, best, the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Please listen to my heart. It's not a clarion call for you to be reckless. It's a clarion for you to be able to put, have a revival of the faith and the power of God in your life. And God never fails. Amen. I hope you are blessed by that this morning. I want you to bow your heads. And again, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray and say, God, my fear has caused doubt in you. Fear has taken you away from having that intimacy with God. Fear has stopped you from thinking the mind of Christ and has started to allow you to think your own mind. 
Your wife is warning you. Your children are warning you. Your husband is warning you. But you know within you this is the right thing. Fear is making people run from the place they need to run to. Fear is even making people stop getting a medication they need to use for their life. Stop children from getting immunization. All this is fear. But you are a child of God. If I immunize my child, nothing will happen because God says, even if I carry anything poisonous, it will not harm me. Fear is making people scatter from churches and running into what they feel is the safety place of their home. Fear is making people not being givers and helping other people and just trying to hoard everything because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. It's all fear and it's a lack of trust in God. I'm encouraging you, don't fear. Fear is making you trust in the words of the doctor more than trusting the report of the Lord. And today you will be delivered from fear. Fear is producing anxiety that makes you make the wrong decision. Today you are delivered from fear. I pray over your life and decree in the name of Jesus that fear is banished from you. Wake up. Make the decision. Stay in his presence. Be single-minded. Crises are unavoidable. Crises are unforeseeable. Crises are purposeful. But let me say the biggest thing above all. As you pray, I decree upon your life that in the presence of God, stay there because that's where there is the fullness of joy and at his light hands are pleasures forevermore. Father, we thank you for so, so much. Now, there maybe there's someone watching me online. You haven't given your life to Jesus. You're in the fear of what other people will say. Oh, she's now a freak Christian. She's now, he's now a born again Christian. He, uh, if I, if I, if I, if I become a Christian, I will miss out on the enjoyments of life. No, you will start to find the rest that God has so much given you. You start to find purpose in your life. You start to find peace in your life. You start to find joy in your life. There's more in Christ than what is in the world. Christ is in the world, but Christ answers the crisis for your life. Say this prayer after me if you want to join me. And say, you know what? I'm done with fear. I'm moving into faith. I'm receiving Christ into my life. And just say this simply. Say, Lord Jesus... Come into my life. This day, I give you my life. Be Lord and Savior. And I reject and deflect and defeat fear. And from now on, I will follow you. You will be my focus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And someone says, Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.